people just wander around in the wilderness aimlessly, right? Because they have no idea where they're going and they have no idea of what success looks like. This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello and welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we take a look at what is changing in the industry and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. As always, I'm Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest as well as Triangle Lawn. And with me is the, should I say, jolly old Dan Gordon. Is that is that appropriate for this time of year? I don't know. I don't like the term <laughs> old, but uh, we, could, we, could, we could go on from there. Very uh-huh. jolly. Though. R- rosy cheeks. I mean, rosy come on. cheeks, yeah. ready. Uh, just a, a young man doing his thing. So it's uh, hello, everybody. Dan Gordon from PCO Bookkeepers, M&A Specialists. Uh, we do accounting for the pest and lawn care industry as well as exit services. And you may have heard the news that we've expanded our PMP Industry Insider offerings to peer groups with industry veteran David Billingsley, more to come. Uh, If you're interested, go back and listen to episode 136 or visit pmpindustryinsider.com backslash peer groups. And please consider supporting our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Colmarch by Workwave. Uh, If you're interested in marketing services, go to colmarch.com. And for those interested in purchasing pest control-specific insurance, it's PestSure. Visit them at PestSure.com. And today, we're going to be talking about... By the way, did I get everything, Donnie? You were close. You are absolutely close. I I do think... Well, I, you didn't really miss it. We don't have okay. it here on the outline, but it's pro- okay. we probably should mention it. Dan and I both are going to be at the Beyond Service User Conference in in Orlando, Florida, January 7th. This is our episode, our last episode that we're recording before Christmas, which is why you heard the puns about Dan being Santa Claus um, before we got started here. But I do think we should mention that it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good time. I'm taking a yeah. whole army of folks. I'm taking a lot of folks We're from my team. We're taking our army too, and I'll be doing three sessions, one on peer groups, one on budgeting and forecasting, and one on how to ready yourself for a merger acquisition. So I'm looking forward to those. And uh, so that's going to be a great conference, really looking forward to that. So yep. Yep. today we're going to be talking about Donnie's favorite topic, developing your leadership bench. <laughs> and our guest today... I had to pull up last time he was on episode 136 because he gave us a hard time because it took us 136 episodes to get him on. And now Mm -hmm. this is episode 157. So we're Mm -hmm. doing better. Okay. We are doing better. And when he wrote his intro the last time, it it paralleled war and peace. And this time it's much more summarized. So- well, hang on. I think it are, is? Are, are we are we still reading that intro? I mean, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm well, still. No, we don't have the time. No, yeah. have and by the way, this was poor instructions on podcast owners' stake from my standpoint. But go ahead, Dan. <laughs> I see. Well, you talk to the office That's right. anyway. Uh, <laughs> David Billingsley, who facilitates our peer group, is also founder of his own coaching and consulting firm, the Billingsley Group. David started his career in pest control sales and service at uh, Washington, D.C.-based American Pest in 2006, worked his way up through in the organization until they were purchased in 2016 by Antisemex, and he held roles as platform president and then eventually became the Western Region president for Antisemex, and then he left in 2021 to start this unbelievable venture and this uh yeah yeah it, Un- it, unbelievable it, that's that is a true the, word there yeah the 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 leadership by the way uh in in all seriousness we've sent several of our uh folks at our company pco bookkeepers to his leadership uh program and uh the feedback was outstanding so anyway welcome david well, thank wow. you. Thanks for having me back. I mean, now now it's like 21 episodes, so this is good. I, I'm, the, uh, I'm feeling the love from you and Don. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's hard to feel the love from Don, you know, because he's... Oh, he's, my gosh. But he, you know what? Enough. He is. He's very busy. I mean, yes, you know, I am I am actually guy. just honored to be in, in his <laughs> presence today. Yeah, and the esteemed Dan Santa Gordon's <laughs> uh, presence as well, but Santa, mostly... Yeah. Mostly uh, Tommy today. Actually, I believe the last time we did this podcast, now that it's coming back to me, I had poison ivy and you guys. You, you did. And we were oh, wondering how you got yeah. it on your 
Yeah, how you got yeah. it on your face? Yes. Yes, I well, well, it it came, and and today we're uh we're, we're we um were able to come to you this afternoon. We had to um you know Donnie was jet setting. He flew his airplane to Connecticut and flew back, and now we're uh you know he's <laughs> he's the real deal, man. Oh gosh, let's get on yeah. leadership. Let's start right, making some news. <laughs> so let's go. So. Go ahead. Uh, we got a bunch of questions. We're going to fire away. You want to go, Donnie? Yeah. Well, you know, actually, I would just want to start with a few things. Um, <clears throat> first, I I will absolutely add my um, accolades to David. You know, we, um, Dan and I sat in on a couple of peer groups with um, David, and I was just impressed when we were there because oftentimes I'd be thinking something and, and usually um, David would beat me to saying it, which was great, right? And when you when you do that, that means someone's thinking. Not that <clears throat> we always thought the same, or that my thoughts are correct or even logical. But but I will say that um, I was I was impressed with with David, and I think he has a lot of good insight, especially for companies who are trying to grow and companies who are having challenges in leadership. Um, I think just obviously, I think you started with Matt, and you guys are smaller, and you've kind of been able to see both the startup phase, kind of the mid-level, and then obviously on the Anna CMX platform. <clears throat> so so someone who's kind of seen it all, which I think is very, very useful for our listeners. And so so let's get started. I, first of all, leadership. Oh, gosh. This is such a broad topic. And I, Can, can I, I stop this for one second? Do you realize that you said that you were impressed with him because he thinks the way you think? I, I did not. Listen, I, no, I didn't hang that's up. Said, Donnie right. is a right-thinking American. I could not be more, I mean, he could not say more accurate statements. All right. And I knew this I just, topic uh, was great because because Donnie and I, listen, I listen to your yeah. podcast and you guys get off on some of these, these tangents sometimes, which are great. And, you know, I'm nodding because, you know, Donnie's saying things around, especially around yes, some of the leadership yes, stuff. Yes. And I'm like, this is going to be a great topic. By the way, when we when when we started talking about me coming back on 21 episodes later, right, which is awesome, I looked back through and you guys actually didn't have any topics specifically on leadership. You guys talk about it a lot. So I was stoked about being able to come in and, and talk about this topic. And and Donnie and I should have plenty to talk about here, Dan. So yes, uh-huh. yes, 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 yes. So and I am so- the student. <laughs> oh yeah, here we go. So so yeah. let me let me start with this. So so first things first, I will say this and and I want to I want to jump into this because I do feel like this is an area that a lot of people miss, myself included, especially when I first started, which is you know, as an industry, most companies are fantastic at training technicians. I mean, they're amazing, right? Because well, one, a lot of times it's state mandated, right? And you can't you can't legally get them out on a on a route until they go through some sort of training. Second thing is, is a lot of owners, you know, they started doing, you know, they, they, they started as a technician or they started as, you know, having to do all the work themselves. And so it's something that they really, really understand. Um, <clears throat> same thing with the office, but, but, you know, the one thing that I commonly see, and I am guilty of this, so I don't want anyone to think if you're listening to this, that I'm sitting on some white horse and <clears throat> looking down at everyone else who's made this mistake, because I am certainly guilty of it, which is you'll bring in leaders and you just kind of assume that they know what you know, and you kind of assume that they're on the similar path that you are. You kind of assume that they're going to do the reading. They're just going to kind of figure it out as they go. Um, and and it is a bad, bad assumption that gets worse. It's it's one of those things is it's, you know, when you got something that's going in amplitude and then the further it goes, like you've seen those, those videos of the bridges where the wind's getting it and it just gets worse. It, that is absolutely what happens if you don't do that. So with that, David, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you see that as well? I mean, folks jumping I, in. Yeah, I mean, yes, uh, so many times, right? You know, so growing up uh, at American from 2006 through, you know, 21, we were Copasan members, you know, so I've had a lot of access to uh, some of the top businesses through Copasan partners, were associated pest members as well, you know, so 60, 70 of the top rated businesses in the US getting the network with them. And then you go on this M&A journey with anti-CMX looking at hundreds of different businesses. And I, I, that's one of the reasons why I've gotten passionate about this. We developed our own program at American. And when I went out on my own, I've been saying for years, and anybody that knows me, I've said this multiple times. And I think one of the single most largest opportunities we have in our industry is mid-level management training. I think 
in the end, that's one of the things that hog ties us around growth. Uh, we can hire technicians. It's finally getting a little bit easier. We know how to train them. Uh, generally speaking, at very high levels, uh, we've got some great leaders and organizations. But the thing that will hamstring us for growth, especially for fast growing businesses, is that opportunity to be able to find leaders. And then the next level of leaders of leaders even becomes more difficult. So I don't know if any of your listeners, would, if this would resonate with, with the listener base, but I've always found, and by the way, this is going to be David's sarcasm, that your best technician always makes your best service manager. I, I don't know if anybody's ever made that mistake. Um, I know that we have. The, uh, the Peter principle. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's uh, it. it, it uh, a lot of times what we see also that that uh, growth is, is um, um, you know, um, um, sometimes you can't grow as quickly because a lot of times people think that a good leader is a good um, service manager. He can solve the customer issues and, you know, everybody can kill bugs and this guy can kill bugs better, but it's got nothing to do with that. Um, you know, well, I, hang on before we get too far down this road, I do want to back up a bit because number one, this whole term leadership is so broad and it means so many different things to different people. I want to kind of define that just a little bit, and I'm not trying to, <clears throat> I'm not trying to, you know, make anyone think that we think that I just, when I hear that term, like oftentimes when you hear leadership, people think different things. Me personally, when I think about leadership, I'm thinking of someone who knows how to, I don't want to say drive a team, but lead a team, meaning that they work with people. And sometimes like, you know, when you, when you look at technicians or even like mid-level managers, everyone wants to move up, but they completely forget. What that means is that your people skills have to get better. You know, one of the things I try to preach is, is that if you're going to be a leader, forget everything you know, and you've got to get into behavior like psychology. Like that is absolutely <laughs> where you need to be. It's all a psychology. So, so first things first is defining that. The second thing, and this is really a question for you, David, is I one of the reasons, it, by the way, I agree with you wholeheartedly about this mid-level management gap, right? And, and this inability to really develop and train mid-level managers. And I think one of the reasons that's so difficult for most companies, mine included, by the way, which is it's not as straightforward, right? How do you train them, right? I mean, you, you know, you think about a technician or even an office person, you're going to have training through your CRM. You're going to have training pro provided by the state. There's tons of books. You do X, Y, and Z, you're good to go. But mid-level managers, it's like, <clears throat> well, do I pick a book? And we're going to read the book together. Like, is that my training? You know, there's no straight that I'm aware of. And maybe you are. And, and if you are, then please start sharing it and have it go here. But what are some options if someone really wants to say, look, yes, there, I do have a challenge here with my mid-level managers. I do want to train them. <clears throat> I want them to become better leaders. What, what do they do? Where do they enroll them? Is there a course? Is there like, what have you seen that works extremely well? Um, uh, well, that's one of the reasons why I decided to launch my own program because there yep. isn't much out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I do believe it's the old adage leaders are readers, right? Um, you know, these days it's what you consume. So you can either read books, you can listen to books, you can consume information. Um, I, you know, a shameless plug here for you guys, um, you know, around your podcast, having the opportunity to listen to your podcast and learn more, um, but I'm in total agreement. I think uh, people misunderstand performance, all right? They're a high performer, so they should be a good people person, people leader, and people skills is, is the utmost. So um, listen, at a very young age, um, I'll, th I'll throw out this, I don't know, it's a, it's a five letter word. Um, some people don't like the word, but I, at a really young age, I was an Amway from like 19 to 23. <laughs> okay. I was the soap guy, right? You know, I was highly motivated by money. Take it till you make it. Hey, I will tell you <laughs> that, that, you know, you can have your own view of Amway, but the books that I read and the tapes that oh, I yeah. listened oh, to yeah. oh, and, yeah. and Donnie, the people skills that I developed, all right. Mm -hmm. Those things set those foundations for me. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so, but back to your question, what can people do? I don't necessarily know if, college courses are going to check that box. All right. Mm -hmm. I think you probably keep it as simple as you can. 
and build some foundational principles, you know, so, you know, I've, I've got a, uh, a presentation that I put together that I work on some of this and, and, and Donnie and, and Dan, please share that, you know, in, yeah. the, in the notes afterwards, you know, but when we start talking about overall leadership, when, when we started to develop our program at American, you can call them our foundational principles. It's just some of the things that we kind of hang our hats on, you know, but it's, it's, it's really ensuring your leaders can, you know, have the ability to understand their self-awareness, right? How you show up as a leader, um, managing your self-regulation. How do you deal with stress, um, time management and prioritization? If you think about this, right? So we, so, so the bulk of most of our leaders, they come from our technician base, all right? Um, because that's where our largest population of people are. And so when we promote those people, um, you know, I mean, part of the challenge here, right, is with tech, uh, technology these days, how many businesses out there are still allowing their technicians to go run their own routes, right? right. We do that now. Pest routes, uh, 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 WorkWave, uh, pest pack, the, the routing modules there are, are fantastic, right? And now we can be able to route, but we've taken away that opportunity for our team members, our technicians to be able to manage their time. And then we promote them, expect them to be able to help manage their time and other technicians times, right? Mm -hmm. um, you touched on this relationship management, all right? The ability to be able to work with people and develop a team. How do you motivate that team? Accountability, all right? I mean, I've I've looked at so many organizations, so many so many leaders are not. I, I thrive on confrontation, right? And I realize that I am like. Oh, hold on, David. I have a slide from your presentation that I want to show. Let's see. <laughs> are you going to pull up the great Colin Powell? <laughs> yes. Why? Well, uh, hey, you're, yeah. Are you are you looking at uh, now? I guess I'm. Uh, I I, know, I, I can see it. what you just shared. Yeah, yeah. you had it. Yep. Being a leader sometimes means pissing people off. I that is that is another great American, and that is uh, General <laughs> Colin Powell. And now, when and, and, and by the way, he's got some great Donnie. Once again, it's there are some great resources out there, you know, online just around leadership. Um, and as I've gotten into my consulting business, I've tried to more and more research leadership. Um, and there's some great resources out there, but Colin Powell's got, got some great resources, but yes, that slide came from him. And now his was more in, you know, I mean, when he makes decision and, and Donnie, you were in the military, I, I mean, you know, those decisions can be life or death. Ours in the pest control industry, maybe not so much, uh, but yes, it, it's, it's having the ability to actually piss people off and still have their respect, you know? So, those are just some of the things that we kind of focus on as, as building blocks with, within our programs. You know, you were talking about books and those types of things. I, I do want to, you said something about core tenets that you, and, and it just triggered my brain. You know, one of the books that I have that I absolutely love and, and I use it for all of our new managers. It's, it's actually a book by Jocko Willick called leadership strategy and tactics. If you've read the book, extreme ownership, that's a fantastic book. It's kind of general in nature. But that leadership strategy and tactics, it's more like this is how you do it. And it actually is written for mid-level managers. It teaches them things about how to lead up the chain, how to lead down the chain. But <clears throat> even then, it's not like you know someone gets done with reading a book. I mean, I, I think one of the things that people miss is, first of all, what's your leadership style, right? Style, you know, we all have different styles and you can lead people. But the other part is, is in I would is is the environment. You know, sometimes people forget if you go into a great environment, it's very easy to lead. If you go into a crappy environment, it's very very difficult. And and I I know I've shared this story in the past, but I call it the Miller effect. And if I've if I've said this on the podcast, Dan, please stop me. Have I shared the story about Miller? I, I think, think I did. Let's start I, in. I think I did. It, I think I. It, oh, this it, was the guy who worked for the government. Who was? Yeah. A, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the whole point of that, and, and if you haven't heard that story, basically, I'll, I'll give the very, very high level, which is basically yeah. there was an environment where people looked for not doing work, <laughs> and they got away with it. And you have mm -hmm. a new guy that comes in, and the the environment is is that no one really does anything, and so this person's just like killing it, and then over time. 
they realize like this is useless, right? This is worthless. There's no point in me like doing Wore this. Wore him down. Yep. Right. And and then and then he becomes just like everyone else that's there. And so so I think one of the things that people really miss when it comes to leadership is, you know, what's the environment like? Because environment shapes behavior. Right. I mean, we all know that, right? I mean, like if I go around Dan, of course, I'm going to behave completely different than if I go around my wife, right? <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but that's my point, right? I mean, the reality of it is is like scary. You know, You're scaring me. You know, well, I just the only point I'm making out of this is that sometimes sometimes I think people put everything on the leader, like the leader was responsible for everything. And that may or may not be true. And sometimes that leader might just be lucky. You know what I mean? They might be in the right place at the right time. I'm only making the point here that you have to pay attention to environment just as much as you do leadership when you're running a company. I absolutely think that's like, it's one of the things that you should be on your radar in addition to leadership development is like, what's the culture What's the environment like? What are people walking into? How are they behaving? And is that what I want? And if it's not, that's a great place to start. So anyway, I'm done with my monologue. No, Donnie, you teed that up. Dan, Dan, pull up slide 13. 13. I mean, because... Okay, let's see if I can do this. Uh, 13. Are you looking at it? No, you got to share your screen. You got to share your screen. Yep. There we go. There we go. So, yeah. uh, so Donnie, right? I mean, yeah. you know, first things first, cultural is king. Um, in order to be able to thrive as a leader, uh, you've actually got to have the right culture. All right. So it's this, it's this culturalness of openness, communication, allowing failure, right? So, so one of the best things that a leader can do, one of the best things that Matt Nixon, my old owner, allowed me to do, anti-CMX was great about this well, as well as the whole concept of failing forward. Mm-hmm. you know, was to to allow you to fail and learn from your mistakes. Um, I think too often organizations, um, they just don't allow their people to fail enough. Um, and then the other part of this is is within within organizations, you I, I mean, time is money. So you got to give people time and develop them. And then you also have to invest in those people in their development. Um, so uh, Donnie, once again, I, I knew you and I would be, there's going to be lots of head nodding, uh, you know, for this, because I mean, you and I, it's the, the culture of a business. Um, if you come into a business where ownership is not going to allow you to do those things, you've got control issues within those organizations, you know? So I was on a client call this morning talking about delegation Mm -hmm. and, you know, I believe that it's, that's one of the best ways to develop leaders is that it'll allow the leaders above them to delegate those tasks down, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I talked about this, I played a lot of sports, you know, so it's all about repetition, right? The more reps you can do, the better you get at things. And when, when leaders hold on to things that they should be delegating down to their team, they are shortchanging them those repetitions for them to get better. So they consequently stunt those folks' opportunities to develop as leaders uh, quicker because they're just not allowing them to do those tasks and make the mistakes. I mean, it's just so important. And one of the things here, one of your building blocks is time management. And if you can't delegate, you can't manage your time. Amen. Amen. The other, I, you know, I guess I'm all over the place, but uh, building self-awareness. Tell us about that. That one I find to be most important just because, you know, you can tell a guy to go into battle, but, you know, if you're uh, making fun of him in the background or you're not aligned with him, uh, you know, uh, is that good leadership? So tell us about self-awareness. That's my old Vistage chair used to say, David, how do you show up, you know, to work every day, right? You know, so um, I I know that you guys have had a a Colby index. Uh, You guys had an expert on that talking about that. Um, I'm, I'm more in kind of the, the disc camp. All right. But ultimately it's, it's about knowing, knowing thyself to lead thyself, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so how do you show up and then understanding by the way, how you are showing up on a daily basis in conjunction with how your leaders or how your direct reports show up and how you interact because everybody's personalities are different. All right. So, uh, uh, just an experience for me at, at, at American is is one of my direct reports after we went through the disc assessment 
Um, on disc, I am as high of a D as possible. I am a 100% B, okay? And what's then I'm D? about a, a 90% I, all right? What is D? Yeah, what's uh, D? What's that? It's, it's dominant, all right? You know, it's... It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Donnie. It, <laughs> you know, so, so I'm, this, I'm this D, I, right? You know, if you add a couple extra letters to it, some people may refer to me that way as well, right? You know? <laughs> So, but but on the spectrum, I was as high on the circle as you could possibly get, right? All right, uh-huh. we're trying to be PG yeah. here, right? I know yeah. that's tough for me, but yeah. But on the bottom of the circle, right, the farthest away was one of my direct reports, all right. And 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 he just he was a super good guy, a great leader, right? He just led differently than I did. However, when him and I would interact, he wanted to explain everything to me. And after five words, I'm just thinking, all right, dude, like, like, come on, get to the point. All right. And him and I, we really did butt heads. Um, once we took our, our assessment, once again, whether it's Colby or, or Myers-Briggs or DISC, I don't care whatever it is, but it allowed me to actually really look and say, oh my God, this is why we, we, we are not getting along because we both have to stretch so far to the middle um, for us to be able to understand each other. And it's really understanding one, who you really are as a person, all right, and how you react to situations. That's the self-awareness. Um, and then how he was reacting to situations so we could at least understand where the stresses were coming from. And it really improved our relationship. But it's it's about showing up and just knowing your surroundings. Here's Here's a perfect example of poor self-awareness, right? Somebody, I don't know if anybody's ever, I travel a lot. So I'm in airports a lot. Uh, Dan, you're in airports a lot. Donnie, you know, you got your own airplane. So I got it. All right. So you never experienced it. <laughs> He's so, in the uh, private. Yes. Uh, I know. Oh, right? Upper enough, echelon. Enough, you know, enough, top yeah. 10 of top uh-huh. 10. Right. So Donnie, uh-huh. you would, you have never you experienced this where us yeah. common yeah. travelers go. Mm-hmm. Yes. But mm-hmm. you have somebody going up an escalator. It's super busy in the airport. Right. They get to the top of the escalator. And what do they do? stop. All right. And they're looking around. Hmm, Where Mm -hmm. should I go? And by the way, you're coming up on them and everybody else behind you, right? That's just Mm -hmm. somebody that is just not aware of their surroundings and they're just not being self-aware, right? Understand your surroundings, understand how to react to certain situations. Um, you know, and we go through some of those things, you know, within our, within our training, but it's, it's just taking people that have no formal training or people skills and at least giving an, people an opportunity to be successful by giving them this foundation. And just so many, so many folks don't, we just, we get busy. We're like, Hey, we need another leader. Hey, Dan, you're a great technician. Great. We want you in charge of these five people. Yes. We're going to train you. And then all of a sudden the next fire, right? The next dumpster fire occurs. And all of a sudden you're on to that. And then you forget about Dan later on. Yeah. Well, so how I, does how, how does hang, that lead to to self regulation? Hang on, because I I think both of these kind of build into two things, and I want to I want to talk. Wait, about am I thinking like Donnie? Well, possibly, probably not. Though you and I don't oh, think the same, but it's okay. That's all right. <laughs> I appreciate our diversity, Dan. How's that? Yes. So, yes. All right. So the one thing I would say, you know, we're talking about building self awareness and managing self regulation, is probably one of the most in in Donnie's opinion the most critical skills that any leader has to have. And I would say if if I'm looking at a leader, this is the number one thing that I look at. And this is that person's ability to detach. And what I mean by that is like someone who can step back because when you're a leader, right, you have to be able to see way down the road. And oftentimes you have to be able to see a lot further than other people. And what that means is, is that if someone is, in it, right? They're getting emotional, they're upset or whatever, or they're disengaged. Like you have to be able to, I I think it's probably one of the most powerful tools that a leader can have. You have to be able to back up and read someone's emotions and their reactions. And you also have to be able to read your own because, I mean, let's face it, show of hands, how many of you have ever made a really good decision um, when you're really, really emotional? No hands going up. How many times have you made a really good decision when you were not emotional and you were able to back off of that? And so I just think that you know, we talk about self-awareness, really, at least the way I translate it. And of course, we all look through our own little lens here. 
But I think it's it's this ability to take a step back from a situation and look at it. And and if someone is super emotional, that person is usually not a good leader. They're just not. And if someone is completely at the same time, I mean, there is a bit of a dichotomy here, right? If someone is completely so detached that they're almost aloof, that's not a good leader either. And so you just need to have this ability to take a step back from what's going on, you know, look around and make sure you fully understand what's going on. And to me, that's the number one thing. It, it, I will never. So I, I agree with you in management, but let's take a look at uh, somebody, a football player like Ray Lewis. Is Ray Lewis or when he was playing, was he a good leader? Do you remember the the the, the shouting, the jumping up and down, the emotion? Uh, bad leader? Well, I think that gets into motivation. Right. You know, so 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 good leaders know how to motivate their people in the mm -hmm. surroundings that they're in, you know. So by the way, football players, shocker, I was that loud uh linebacker Ray Lewis guy that was, you know, just pumped at the beginning of the games and and just, you know, I uh, so so yeah, I I think Ray Lewis could be viewed as a good leader. Great leader. He knew he knew team. how to motivate. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Yeah, yeah. But very emotional, right? Through emotions. So yeah, but I, that, that's controlled true. emotions, controlled emotions. Yes. And he, and he knew exactly he knew exactly what he was doing. He was it's, not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was it was calculated yes. in a good well, way. Well, you, look, you having emotions or using emotions doesn't mean that you're you're not detached. Right. You could you can use emotion in a detached way. I think that's I think emotion using explain it, that. Explain that. Well, there might be a time. There might be a time that you really rip into someone, mm -hmm. but you do it intentionally. You do it because you're you're doing it to 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 do a per not because you're completely unregulated, right? Think about your kids, for example. Like I have, you know, I've got kids, and and some kids I can look at them a different way, and they're like, oh no. Then I've got other kids that I have to really like. I don't want to say get loud, get direct. Right. And that's what they take. And so, so long as I'm in a place of like, I'm intentional about what I'm doing, then that's perfectly fine because I'm still detached as a leader. When I'm completely in a moment, completely off the rails, like nothing just, you know, then that, that's not good leadership. That's being emotional. That's versus using emotion, right? There's using emotion, there's being emotional. So interesting. Anyway. Okay. Donnie, I think you said some key words there, though, about being intentional. All right. Mm -hmm. And under, once again, understanding the environment, understand who you're, who you're dealing with. Right. So you've got, I don't know, you got like 20 kids, right? 20. <laughs> I have four. Okay. All right. He's got four kids. All right. So um, for me, that's like 20. I had one, I have one. So that's like 20 kids. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and all four of them are probably a little bit different. Some have very, very you know, so you, you've got to deal with them. So you need to be aware enough how to deal with them and get, and to motivate them, to hold them accountable, you know, so when we go back to a professional environment, um, you know, behind me here and anybody that knows me, I've got kind of these five books, you know, that are just kind of my core books that, you know, I really believe. And one of them is Radical Candor uh, by Kim Scott. And and Kim talks about just being candid with people, you know, so so you can be firm, um, you know, but it just depends on who you're dealing with. So you can be professionally firm with some folks, a specific way. Others, you know, others respond to one of my favorite things to do would be, hey, I'm I'm actually really not mad about this. I'm just disappointed, you know, and, and for some people, <laughs> oh, my God, you know, and if I ever disappointed Matt or let him down, I no, please be mad at me, scream at me you know, throw me out of your office, whatever it is, please. But for God's sake, don't tell me you're disappointed in me. Right. Mm -hmm. That that was the worst thing possible. Mm -hmm. um, but that regulation, so self-regulation, part of this, by the way, all of these, these foundational principles that we, they're all skills, right? And skills can be learned. That's the most mm -hmm. important part here that we try to point out with, with our leadership folks is, Hey, these are all skills, which basically mean they can be learned. All right. Some are going to be harder than others for certain people, but self-regulation for me, Dan, um, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty fiery guy. Um, and, you know, so Matt used to always tell me this, you know, never too high, never too low. And Matt 
anybody that knows Matt Nixon, Matt's just kind of really even keeled guy. And I was not that, you know, I was really, really high, you know, really, really, you know, low. I'm a salesperson, peaks and valleys. Um, you know, so that's something that I certainly needed to, to understand and learn. The other part of this is I grew up in a household, you know, and, and part of this is the whole nature nurture thing, right? You know, but you also have to understand where people come from. And it doesn't mean you can't overcome these things, but, you know, God bless my mom, but my mom, she liked to scream and my brother and I, we deserved it. Okay. And she also <laughs> must've been in the Navy because she liked to cuss a lot too. Yeah. Okay. So consequently as a very young leader, you know, uh, when I was in retail, I got my first store at 21. I was a store manager. Uh, listen, I made a lot of people cry. Um, you know, and my leadership style was not good because I screamed and cussed a lot. And um, I had to learn as I began my journey, uh, you know, to, to move through the American Pest Organization. I'll never forget, Matt had to pull me aside and say, hey, listen, um, you do a lot of really good things, but this one thing is going to sink you here. Um, and I need you to work on this. Like uh, I used to have people come by and, and I'm already loud. Anybody that knows me, I'm a loud person as it is, um, but if I start getting passionate, quote unquote passionate, AKA pissed, all right, my my octaves go up a little bit or a lot of it. And I mean, people would like go close my door. I would have one of my colleagues come in, I'd be on the phone being passionate with a service manager and they would come in and close my door because it resonated through the entire 15,000 square foot of the building. Um, so I had to learn that. Uh, one of the things I do in my, in my, uh, my, my talks that I do sometimes, I talk about self-regulation and I've got a bottle of water and then a bottle of soda, all right? And I walk around and, and I say, poor self-regulation and I'm shaking this bottle of soda, right? And I walk by somebody and if I open this up, what does it do, you know? And it yeah. explodes all over and there's collateral damage all over the place, you know? But if you take a bottle of water and shake a flat bottle of water as Donnie's uh, drinking a, a, a bottle of fizzy water. Um, but if you shake a flat bottle of water and you open it, nothing happens. That for me is a really great example of self-regulation, right? Be that flat bottle of water, never too high, never too low. You do not want to be the carbonated beverage. Um, cause when you open that up, it just explodes. I, I think this is really keys into one of these other blocks that you got here, which is relationship management and, I think as a leader, people have to trust you and, you know, that, and, and all relationships are built on trust. And, and you said something earlier, and, and I am a huge fan of the Radical Candor book. If you've not read it, you should read it. But there is this fallacy that if I'm nice to people and I tell them what I think I want them to hear, that they're going to like me and they're going to trust me and that nothing could be further from the truth. The reality of it is, is that people appreciate when you're honest with them and they trust you more. And likewise, when when you are not emotional and you are able to detach and you can be someone that can be dependent upon to make good decisions, that also increases that trust, which ultimately builds into this relationship management. And that takes time. You know, I mean, you just you have to go through kind of like what you talked about, right, where you go through some some difficult things together. And if people know that, well, you know, Donnie or David or Dan, they're going to be pretty even kill. They're going to be rational they're not going to get sucked into all the dynamics of it. I can trust them as a leader. And I think this is the self-regulation thing is because the reality of it is, is that if you're crazy and I mean it, if you're freaking crazy, we're all crazy. If you start a business today, you're crazy. You're I tell crazy. You, back, back, <laughs> when I, back when I ran a previous company, every now and then I'd have people come in and they'd complain about such and such owner. I'm like, we're all crazy. Like get over it. Right. <laughs> But like right. we're all crazy and it's okay. But you adding crazy to crazy is not going to make the situation better. Right. <laughs> and so my point here is, is that I think ultimately we all want to, I mean, there's several ways you can lead. You can lead through coercion. You can lead through yelling, you know, and all of those things may have a good short term, you know, a, a good short term benefit but none of them work over the long term. And truly the thing I have learned, the only thing that works over the long term is a solid relationship where you can influence as a leader, not a relationship where 
you're using authority, you're using coercion. And this is not me being fluffy. And I know Dan's going to accuse me of that because he doesn't like it when I get it all fluffy. But the reality is, is that it's the only, I mean, when you look at what works long-term, that's what works long-term, at least in my experience. So anyway, I'm off my soapbox now. Keep rolling. Uh, all right. Well, let's, so let's talk about that. So so we've got uh, building self-awareness and managing self-regulation. Uh, time management, that's always a good one uh, by delegating. Um, you've got, well, motivation and accountability. We, you know, I, does that kind of dovetail into performance management? Is that like scorecarding and and and, and benchmarking uh, or, or tell us about accountability and performance management? Yeah, I mean, Dan, I think it all actually dovetails together. You know, the, the whole accountability piece, that's so important. Um, you know, so, you, so in order to create accountability, right, you've got to actually have measurable KPIs within the organization. You actually have to have process in your organization. You have to have good HR practice in your organization, right? All of these things for a professional organization uh, that, that, that if you're going to have a professional organization, right? So you've got this accountability piece. By the way, the accountability piece dovetails into the relationship management, right? If you've got high accountability in an organization and people understand what's expected of them and what success looks like, which by the way, I think is one of the biggest misses of, of businesses is they don't, people just wander around in the wilderness aimlessly, right? Because they have no idea where they're going and they have no idea of what success looks like. You know, so in order until to they, be able to- Until they don't make it. And then it's like, well, I caught you doing something wrong. You know Correct. Right. Yep. And by the way, that's where the regulation comes into play. And people are just like, I have no idea. Right. So this goes to. So, Dan, can you jump over to slide 17 real quick? Are you guys seeing uh, Cortiva write things underneath this thing or no? Yes. Yeah. No, we're we're yeah. seeing. Yeah. Yeah. I think you guys are seeing. How do yeah. I stop this? What, what, what? 17. Slide 17. Right. You know, so. So I'm a big team guy, and and uh, this this hung in my office for uh, <laughs> ten plus years, right? You know, so so if you don't set proper accountability for your people, right, um, or if 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 you you allow people to mess up and then you bring them into your office and you fire them, right? I I view that as somebody being an a hole, right? And and so so I'm a big team guy, played sports. I believe that whole team concept really can transform a business. So I, you know, and once again, so listeners, you got to be on YouTube to see this, but the yes. bottom line is, is there's the word team and below it, it says, ah, there is an I in team. It's in the a-hole, right? So, so this is about doing things together. It's about accountability, you know, cause all of that stuff dovetails into building proper teams, all right, relationship development, um, mm -hmm. you know, so we can build those teams and do things together, all right? That's when we're going to really win, um, you know, so and then and then ultimately, Dan, yes, those things will slide back into performance management around. OK, so now we've got accountability within the organization. Now we can have those candid conversations with people so they understand what success looks like. Right. And we can develop that that team concept within our organization and work on those relationships. And then that gets into performance management around, okay, so now we're going to have these regular conversations with people so we can understand where there are opportunities, all right, and then where they're succeeding. And we just need to have those active conversations and communicate with people. I, I've done it before. I'm sure nobody's done it before except me. But the worst thing you can do when you fire somebody is for it to be a surprise, all right? And that's what Kim Scott right. talks about in Radical mm -hmm. Candor. I've done mm -hmm. it before. If you fire somebody and it's a surprise, that is a thousand percent, 100 percent on you. Hands right. down, because right. you have not set those expectations. You probably have very lacking accountability in the organization. Your relationships with people probably is not great. And you certainly are not managing performance. Right. You know, one of the things that I want to come back to, we talk about accountability. Um and this is going to sound like I'm such a Jocko fanboy. And I guess now that I'm thinking about it, I guess I probably am. But there's a video. You are. We should. He's a, just own it, man. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, he has a video on YouTube and he gets into this whole idea of accountability. And it's such a great video. It's so good. I showed it to my leadership team. And, and he talks about accountability and what it really, really is at its core. 
And, you know, when, when a lot of people think of accountability, they think, well, I've got a hold of this number and I'm not going to let them go. And, and that's not really what accountability is, right? Accountability truly, when you break it down is actually leadership. It's exactly what you just described, David, which is doing the hard work of accountability. Accountability is a two-way street, right? It's setting the parameters. It's getting clear on what you're looking for. It's showing them the path to success. And then after that, it's like, okay, you know, and, 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 but, but what happens is, is oftentimes there's not a lot of clarity and then, and then we want accountability when really the, you know, the egg is kind of on you, right? Because you, you didn't do the leadership side of it. And so that's a hard thing. I, I recommend for, uh, you know, and I work with, you know, a lot of CEOs and owners of businesses, but I also work with their next levels and even branch manager levels. And when I'm working with those, those L2 or L3 levels in the organization, I consistently press them to manage up. I think managing up is, is underrated. I think more people should do it. Um, and, and I, what I mean by that is as owners or, managers, we have expectations for our team members, right? We, we want you to perform at a specific level. We want you to build a team and all of those things. However, it, there's onus on us as leaders, right? You know, we can't just put somebody into a position with no formal training, and expect them to do those things. So it's just as much our responsibility to support them. Um, in, and so there needs to be some, um, uh, awareness around that, where there needs to be some ownership around that. It's, it is our responsibilities as leaders to ensure that our leaders have the proper tools. Like we would never send a technician out into the field with an empty truck, right? We know how to do those things. They're going to need a BNG or a backpack sprayer or a power sprayer, and they're going to need some aerosols and some concentrates and all those things, right? So we set them up with the proper tools for them to be successful to treat and do their jobs. But as managers, many times we do not set our leaders up to be successful because they don't even have the proper tools to be able to do their job because they, they have no idea how to do it. You know, it's it's funny and, and we we are getting close to the end here. And, and I wanna I wanna take this around to just one more, I, I feel like a critical thing that we do need to spend at least two or three minutes on. And and that is this if, if you are an owner uh, or a high level leader, you know. Dave Ramsey talks about this and he didn't invent it. I just, I just remember from his book, Entree Leader, he talked about it, but you know, you are absolutely the lid of the organization and your leadership ability is the lid of the organization. And so, you know, <clears throat> and I, I have been on a journey. I try to get better as a leader. There's always room to improve. I make stupid mistakes, but, but ultimately I, I understand as, as an owner, like I, this is, this is my, you know, this is what I do, right. Learning about leadership, you know, dealing with people. And I say dealing with people, but leading people like that is my jam, right? That's where I need to be focused. There's strategy and there's people and there's culture. That's where my, and, and obviously the numbers, but, but, you know, the reality of it is, is that if you're not involved in developing yourself, if you're not involved in developing your leadership skills at some point, either the company or a team's going to outgrow you and then you're going to be the problem. And oftentimes, like I had something that happened, which I thought was pretty funny and, I, and I'll admit it here, which was, <clears throat> you know, I have all these systems in place at my company where people have to do reviews. They have all these other things that have to be done as part of the normal leadership cycle. And then one day I stopped, I'm like, you know, I don't give reviews to my high level leader. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing, Donnie? You know, and I, but I stopped and I do it now, but my do as is, I say, not as I yeah, do. Right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I it, it completely, I completely missed the fact that, that, you know, like I held them to one standard and I didn't hold myself to the same or even a higher standard. And so, so the point I want to make to our listeners, and especially if you're, if you're an owner or whatever, is that even if leadership isn't your thing, you need to hire someone that it is because because there is a lid in your organization. And if you're the owner or the leader, it's you. It's you. It's always you. And so, you know, the more that you can get into, you know, leading yourself, the more you can get into understanding what it is, that's going to allow the organization to grow. And likewise, you know, the more limitations you have, the more that's going to show on your business. And I think Michael Gerber said this, and it's 100% true. And he says, you know, every business is a reflection of the owner. And that's right. 
and, and it's you know and so so anyway i'll get off my soapbox yeah. dan maybe add just a couple comments to david you and, and then we'll close it out we're we'll uh, getting to just here. just real quickly performance management or reporting back systems scorecards any thoughts on those would um you know yeah, I, I, I listen. I'm a big fan of scorecards. Um, I'm a big fan of KPIs. What I would say is that you know I, I think a lot of people uh, we get KPI fatigue. Uh, mm-hmm. You get I re- I recommend a KPI audit every single year because um, if not, you'll look back five years later and you've got thirty KPIs, right? Right. Um, you know, so if you are going to have a scorecard, use the Kiss method. Keep it simple, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, start somewhere. Um, I think people think it's too hard. The one thing around performance management, though, is if you do have data and you try and you are trying to make educated decisions with numbers, which, in my humble yet accurate opinion, I think that you should <laughs> just make sure the numbers are right. Humble yet accurate. Humble yet accurate. Yes. Make sure the numbers are right. You know, and and by the way, I, this is a, a an absolute plug for PCO bookkeepers. You know, it's you've got to, you know, if you're going to make decisions around numbers, making sure that you've got an accurate PL, shocker, mm-hmm. and you can start making some business decisions out of that and forming some KPIs out of those things. Um, but once again, start, start somewhere, make sure the numbers are accurate and start with one or two KPIs that you can start helping people so you can hold them accountable so they understand what success looks like. So they understand what behaviors you're looking for from them um, for it to be successful. And that can start at the technician level and then bubble up through the organization. Great. Agreed. Well said. Well, all righty. So well, let's bring this right around. There's two things that we learned today. The first one is that there is an I in team. It's in the a-hole, baby. <laughs> Don't be the, the a-hole. Second, the second is David is working on a book called Leadership Lessons from Mom. From Mom. So, <laughs> You know, Ed Robinson said I should write a book. Actually, I'm going to get a ghostwriter. I'm not writing a book. Actually, I think the title is "Effing Leadership Lessons from Mom." <laughs> from mom. Yes, yes, yes. That, that was—I think that was her favorite word. Yes. All righty. Well, okay. Thank you all for joining us. You've managed to spend some time with Dan and I again. As always, we very much appreciate any kind of ratings and reviews that you can give us, um, unless they're complaints. In that case, I ask you to direct those to Dan. These slides will be available at the on our podcast website, pmpindustryinsider.com. And with that, we're signing off. We'll see you all next time. Take care. Thanks, yeah. everybody. Thanks, guys. Bye. I appreciate it. Bye.